We continue our series in John, New Beginnings, and thank you, Holly, so much for reading that scripture verse from John chapter 1, verse 12. And as we near the end of John, sometimes it helps to get our navigation right by going back to the beginning. And that verse reminds us that we, if we believe and we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that we become children of God, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I hope you'll keep that in the back of your mind this morning. As we are in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14, you recall that Easter Sunday, we witnessed the resurrection through the eyes of Mary Magdalene, and then last Sunday, we saw Thomas who missed out on the Easter Sunday resurrection appearance, but Jesus appeared to him along with the other disciples on the Sunday after Easter, and this is down the road from them. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize that it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then a disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals. There were fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, we're looking at Jesus guides and provides this morning. Love the story of this um, stormy night off the Carolina shore, and this was back in the early part of the 20th century, and two lights were converging in the storm, and across the stormy night came the message in semaphore, alter your course 10 degrees north. Well, on the other side, there's some indignation, and so the message went back the other way, alter your course 10 degrees north. Well, that happened a few times, and uh, even though it was by semaphore, by Morse code, tension seemed to be rising. And finally, the person on the one end said, send this message, alter your course 10 degrees north, this is the captain, <laughs> knowing that that would cause some uh, consternation on the other end. And the semaphore message came across the wind and waves the other direction, alter your course 10 degrees north. This is Seaman First Class Jones. Well, the captain got pretty upset about that. After all, he's a captain, and that's Seaman First Class Jones. And so he sent a message that he knew would get the attention on the other end. And he said, send the message, alter your course 10 degrees north. This is a battleship. And before long, the message came back the other way, Alter your course 10 degrees north, this is a lighthouse. 
And you know, sometimes in our own hearts and lives, we are battling the storms of life, and many times the guidance that is best comes from the shore, and so it is in this reading this morning. And I invite you to walk back into the story. Simon Peter was with the disciples not once but twice when Jesus appeared in the resurrection. But Simon was wrestling with some issues. Anyone ever wrestle with some issues in, in your life? And Simon, it was, a, it was a hard issue because Simon had failed the Lord, you recall. Not just without warning. Jesus had, in fact, warned Peter after he invited him to become a disciple, after Peter had journeyed with Jesus and learned from Jesus' teaching and seen Jesus' miracles. Jesus warned Peter that he would deny him not once but three times before the morning rooster crowed. And Peter said he would never do that. But sure enough, Peter did deny the Lord, not once, but three times. And even though in this moment of resurrection, the first Easter morning when they received the good news from Mary Magdalene, and then had witnessed Jesus coming into the upper room, and then the following Sunday, when Thomas was struggling with doubt, and Jesus appeared again and showed Thomas his hands and his feet, and Thomas stopped doubting and believed Peter was still struggling with his sense of failure. I think for a lot of us, we do that. I mean, most of us have failed, sometimes big time, uh, sometimes more than once, but at least once in life. And we sometimes struggle with that, that haunting kind of thing in our life. And so Peter, who had been called to be a disciple of people and to stretch out the arms of Jesus and to take the message, struggled with that. And so he went back to what he knew best, which was fishing. Isn't that the way we do sometimes when we, when we fail, we go back to what we're comfortable with? And so he said, I'm going fishing. And I, I love this story because one of the reasons is that, that his friends decided they were going to go with him. Don't you love friends that will just go with you? Sometimes you don't need a lesson or a talk or whatever. You just say, you know, what you're doing, we're going to go with you. We're going to be with you. And, uh, and so they fished all night. And uh, were it bad enough that Peter was struggling with failure, he fails at fishing. Man. What a bad night that was, right? So they caught nothing after fishing all night long, and there were a number of professional fishermen there. Peter, of course, was one. And then in the, the dawn of the morning sun, they look and there's a figure on the shore, and they don't realize it's Jesus. Maybe it was the light coming across. And, uh, and Jesus calls out to them, uh, friends, have you caught any fish? And they said, nothing. Our nets are full are completely empty. And Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side. And they do, they take a step of faith. And this recalls sort of the first time that Jesus had uh, challenged them as disciples. And when they do that, their net all of a sudden is full of fish. And they begin to struggle to get on board. And John recognizes it's Jesus and says, it's the Lord. And Peter jumps into the water and goes to the shore swimming. And I just pause for a moment and just, I want you to take a look at this picture because, you know, John is the kind of person that gives us these beautiful picturesque scenes and he fills them with detail to help us. And the first thing, of course, is the disciples are there for each other, even in their failure. And I think it's such an important lesson for us as the church that, that we're not perfect. We fail. Even Peter, Peter, uh, the great rock, uh, failed. And you and I will fail too. But you and I, as sisters and brothers in Christ, we need to surround each other and to be there with each other. But there's something else that's here. Quite, it's quite rich, really, which is they're in a boat, right? And uh, what is a boat a picture of? Anyone throughout the history of the church? The boat is a picture of the church, often used in symbols. Now, uh, a boat is in this church in the stained glass in three places. So you can look for it later. But over here, because we're going to do confirmation pretty soon, 
for the church, it is a boat. And that has been the symbol. And in fact, it started sort of with Noah's Ark. When people went into the Ark, there's a symbol that, you know, God's people go into the Ark and God preserves them, God keeps them. And so here are the disciples in the boat. And in this moment, notice the interesting group. John tells us some of who are there and others. Now, the boat is about 27 to 30 feet long, about 8 to 10 feet wide, a good sailing vessel. And they're about 100 yards from, from the shore. We're told that, um, that who's in there? The sons of thunder, James and John, right? The, the sons of thunder are there. And then we're told that Nathaniel and Thomas are there. Now, I want you to notice something about who is Nathaniel? Do you recall from the beginning of the Gospel of John? Remember that Philip went and invited Nathaniel to come and see Jesus. And, and Jesus looked at Nathaniel after he, Nathaniel was sort of a little bit critical of being from Nazareth. And he said, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And in that moment, in just that little revelation, Nathaniel believed. And, and Jesus said, you'll see greater things than this. But it's interesting because Nathaniel was the one who believed easily, right? There were some people like that. And who's the other person he says? Thomas. Thomas did not believe easily. Thomas was the doubter, right? Thomas was the one that struggled with the resurrection of the Lord and had to see Jesus personally and said, I have to put my finger in his uh, nail prints and my hand in his side. And Jesus invited him to do that. And so we have the person who believes easily and the person who doubts. Isn't it nice to know that they're all in the boat? And then we have Peter, right, who's this impetuous one, and uh, he's the one who's got this, uh, you know, great faith, he's got great moments, but he's definitely an extrovert. He's a type A person. And John, John is sort of more of the introvert, isn't he? I mean, he's a, he's a bold leader, but he's the one that sort of pauses outside the tomb when Peter goes right in there. And, and John believes, but it takes him a while to get there, but he's more the introverted. And so you have sort of more the extroverted, more the introverted, reflective person. And, and then we have two disciples that we don't know quite who they are. Isn't that nice? Like, put in your name there. But before you put in your name there, I want you to put in someone who believes completely different than you, okay? Because I know for a lot of us, we'd like the church, but we'd like the church with everyone who believes exactly like us, who thinks about everything exactly like this. And I think John is making a point in this moment, in this snapshot of the church, that there's a whole variety right there for the disciples who are in the boat. So this morning, when you think about the church, think about the whole broad array of people, young and old and everyone in between, politics, right and left and everyone in between, theology, a mix, you know, but trying to keep Christ to the center. The church, when it's best, is a great diverse group of disciples. And John wants us to remind that that's who we are. And then the Jesus, the Jesus guides. Now, mostly in, this, in the gospels, not just the gospel of John, where is Jesus when it comes to a boat? Jesus is either on the way to the boat or Jesus is in the boat. But in this passage this morning, Jesus is on the shore and Jesus is inviting them to come. He's giving them some direction first, which is to throw their nets on the other side. But I think many times John is wanting us to see that Jesus is up ahead of us. Jesus is on the shore giving us some direction, particularly now that we have the risen Lord. And so through all the chapters of our life, Jesus is sort of whispering to us, sometimes even shouting to us to do something. And many times it's something different. What did Jesus tell them to do? It's not working here. Try this, right? Try something new. Be open to do that. 
And disciples did, and this amazing thing happens with this catch of fish. And so Jesus is, Jesus is guiding them. Jesus is showing them how to live. And today, if you're sort of stuck and things aren't working, maybe you hear the whisper of Jesus to do something different. Throw your net on the other side of the boat. Listen to Jesus and realize that Jesus is there doing something and, and uh, guiding you and giving you some lessons in life that are so amazing. And so Jesus is, is guiding them. And then, of course, they come ashore. And uh, we think of the invitation, too, of Jesus to us sometimes in a chapter of life where we come to the final chapter. And Jesus is calling us, whispering to us from heaven's door to come ashore to that final shore. So wherever we are in the ship, then Jesus is also inviting us to come to the shore of heaven. And John is, is reminding us of that in this beautiful moment. I think so many times in my own life as I have need moments uh, of guidance that sometimes we think about prayer and we think about prayer as a, as a time to change God's mind or to get what we want. But C.S. Lewis once reminded us that the most important thing about prayer is not that we change God, but that God changes us. And sometimes when we are praying and when we are meditating and we are reflecting, we begin to hear the voice of Jesus. And we're not sure at first. It seems like the sun is shining across the, the waves, and we're not sure. But as we take a step of faith, then Jesus appears to us, and Jesus, uh, Jesus guides us in a powerful and uh, incredible way. And then Jesus also provides for us. And you think about this moment when there is this net full of fish, and you'll notice something that's interesting about this, and John really emphasized this a couple times, is that it's full of fish. He tells us it's 153 fish, but it, it doesn't break, even though they drag it ashore. And I think maybe John is whispering to us and saying that, you know, God sometimes stretches us to the limit. God provides, but sometimes God stretches us to the limit, but God doesn't let us break. God is there to make sure that we, that we make it through that. And uh, a lot of folks have put a lot of ink into this and said, you know, what does this number 153 mean? Well, first of all, disciples did, they were fishermen, so they counted. They were partners, so they would count fish and they would divide them up equally and what have you. So it was a common practice to, you know, count the fish and to figure out what was what. But John, of course, so many details in John, we sort of cause a pause for reflection. And some people said, well, there's probably 153 roughly species of fish in the Sea of Galilee. That's roughly correct, and it's changed over time. So sort of the picture that everybody, all the species of fish, are there like all the peoples and all the nations. God's word is going out to them. And other people said, no, it's, you know, this uh, one uh, times uh, factorial 17 or whatever, and there's different kinds of things. But I think probably the most convincing thing is that in, in Hebrew, there's not numbers, there's letters that are used. And so sometimes people will use these uh, letters and, and um count them up. And if you use the words, I am God, it comes up to 153 when you use the letters. And I think that's probably the most profound and poignant one, that in this moment, John wants us to be reminded that Jesus is God. You recall that there are seven I am statements throughout, seven instances of I am statements of Jesus throughout the gospel of John. And in this morning, in the reading where John is giving us this picture of sort of not just this moment in disciples' life, but our life as people in the church of God looking towards Christ and following him, that Jesus is whispering to us, I am God. I am there as the shepherd. I am there as the gate. Enter my way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way. I am what you need throughout life. Jesus is there to provide for us. 
And then you see that beautiful picture where Jesus is, is cooking fish and bread for breakfast. Now, I know for a lot of us, that is not an exciting breakfast, right? But I have some friends who, are, who love fishing, and, and they go camping, and they have fish for breakfast. I've never quite won for fish for breakfast, but these are fishermen, and this is what they love for breakfast. And so Jesus, in this moment, is, uh, is cooking breakfast for them. The only time where Jesus cooks in the Gospels anywhere, and so Jesus has put on the apron, he's made the fish, he's made the bread, and Jesus is provided in that moment. And it reminds us, of course, of the story of the, the little boy with the loaves and the fishes and Jesus feeding the multitude. But it reminds us that wherever we are in our spiritual hunger, that Jesus is there to feed us. And so this morning, where are you spiritually hungry? Where do you need to hear Jesus whisper to, to be nourished in God's word, to be nourished in prayer, to seek God and to know that his guidance and provision and protection are there for you this morning? And maybe you're facing a, a rough chapter right now where there's a, you know, a transition or something in your life, or maybe you're facing financial difficulties or, or sickness or uh, a loved one going through a difficulty or even loss of a loved one. Know that Jesus is there whispering from the shore. Jesus is out ahead of us. He's gone before us, and Jesus is giving us guidance. Jesus is promising us provision that whatever we do, that he will be there for us throughout all the storms of life. There's a story that I love I was thinking about as uh, this is the month of May, first day in May. And uh, my daughter, of course, is, uh, this finals week is ahead, so that's <laughs> turbulency. And I was with some students the other night. They're kind of going through the same thing. But it reminded me of in, in high school, I don't think in college, but in high school, they have like senior ditch day. Anybody ever been done the senior ditch day? I see, yeah, you admit to it. And uh, so, which is when all the seniors decide they're going to they're gonna ditch, they're going to call an absent, they're going to go do something. And so, um, a few years ago, in uh, April, these uh, girls by the name of Tyler and Heather decided they were going to do Senior Ditch Day, and they didn't go with some friends. They decided they were going to go uh, swimming off Volano Beach in Florida, and they were swimming, and they didn't, even though they're fairly experienced swimmers, they didn't realize how strong the, the tide was in the wind, and they got caught in a rip current, and they got taken out about two miles out into the ocean. And uh, you can only swim for so long, and so they were so frantic. It was, a, it was a windy day. It was a lot of waves out there, and so they just began to pray. And they prayed, and not an eloquent prayer either, just, you know, God, help us uh, work a miracle, God. Please do something, God. And amazingly enough, this uh, guy was out on a boat. And he said, first of all, he said, I don't know what I was doing out there. He said, the wind and waves were way too bad, even for a boat. And so, but he heard, it was uh, several hundred yards away, but he happened to hear the call of these girls amid the winds and the waves, and, and they spotted them, went towards them and rescued them. And these girls got on the boat, and, and the name of the boat, as they looked at it, was a man. As if God was sort of winking to them that, that God was there in the wind of waves, and God answered their prayer. Now listen, friends, God doesn't always answer prayers the way that we would like God to answer prayers. But God always hears our prayers. God is there to lead us and to guide us and to provide for us. So where are you in the storms of life today? Or where are you in struggling with failure today where you feel like all is lost and you've failed and, and uh, there's nothing you can do to regain? Know that Jesus Christ gave us life on the cross, experiences our sins and shortcomings and took them to the cross and paid the ultimate price that we would know God's forgiveness and God's grace and mercy and was raised to new life 
to instill in us the power of the resurrection, to bridge the gap between love and justice, and to give us the power of new life in this life, as well as the promise of new life today. Know that, that God is, is there for you, wherever you are in life. But sometimes, like Peter and James and John and Nathaniel and all the disciples in the boat, we gotta first recognize that we're all in this together. Even though God is our Lord and Savior, and we all have an individual relationship, we are sisters and brothers in the boat, and sometimes we have to let go of our own ways, and we have to be willing to throw the net on the other side of the boat. I want to close with a, a story that I love that Henry Nouwen tells, and he was in Europe, and he heard about these trapeze artists, and he was writing these reflective books as he always did while he was alive, and so he sought out these uh, trapeze artist by, uh, by the name of the Radley Brothers. And he sat, happened to sit down with Rodley Radley. And he asked him, you know, what is the secret to what you do? And Rodley said, um, you know, the secret isn't what you would think it would be as a trapeze artist. He said, listen, I'm the, the flyer and everybody focuses on me because I'm the guy that flies through the air and my brother is the catcher. <laughs> and people think he's got the easy job. He says, you know, but the truth be told, as the flyer, what I have to do is I have to just hold my hands out straight and trust that he's going to catch me. If I try to move my hands around or anything or manipulate myself, I'll just throw him off. So I have to hold my hands out straight to fly through the air and trust that he will catch me and it's up to him to catch me. And Henry Nowen said, you know, what a beautiful picture of faith for us as disciples that we have to many times just hold our hands up in faith and trust that God is going to catch us in that moment and know that God will do that. Today, wherever you are, whether it's struggling with failure, whether it's struggling with maybe the past or maybe it's wondering about the future, know that, that we are all together. We are disciples in a boat. We are a whole mix of things, but God loves us, each and every one of us. And God is going to see us to the other side, to the shore of heaven, and God will guide us and provide for us all along the way. Friends, have you any fish? If not, throw your net on the other side. We join me in prayer. Lord, as we think about this moment in the lives of the disciples, where you made yourself manifest in such a, a beautiful and wonderful way, willing to make breakfast for disciples. Lord, as we do struggle with our own difficulties in life, be there chapters of challenge that we're going through, or whether there are moments where we think about the past where we have failed and fallen short, help us to know that you guide us and you provide for us, that you love us and you will see us through from this life to the next. And help us as we gather around your table to realize that your provision is with us and will always be with us in this life and the next. We pray in Christ's name. In August, people said, amen.